0: TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet light-hearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com.
1: Did someone say the coach? Where is he? Is he on vacation? He must be, because... I'm in his chair, and it feels good. i like to be in his chair here. Rusty Silver here with you, and I think we got the big, the big, the big, Joel. The
2: big, uh, yes, uh, yes, I am here, Rusty.
1: I'm just trying to get you queued up. I mean, I thought the coach left me in the chair to do these things. He didn't leave me any cheat sheet or anything, but he did give me the opportunity, and I appreciate you guys letting me fit this chair.
2: I'm really surprised they didn't tell you what to talk about and what to say because, you know, Coach is a very form-fitting type of guy. So I'm surprised he didn't give you any directions whatsoever.
1: That's fine. I can I can semi-handle it. Don't worry about it. It's only 60 minutes. I do a show on Saturdays that's two hours.
2: Yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah, we did that two-hour show for years, I swear to you. It's like we don't even get going on the show until about 55 minutes in which really sucks for the listener.
1: Well, I know, I know. I, I understand. Hey, you know, be nice. I'm, I've got my little one here in the studio with me, too. Oh, I, I will definitely do that. So, And he can wave to the folks on the camera, too. He's sitting there just listening in, enjoying with his uh, comfortable game on the DS over here.
2: No, there's nothing like that in the babysitter. Seriously, if they can actually, like, get those games to, like, uh, like, put kids to sleep, that would be perfect.
1: Well, that's what happened when we were kids. It put us to sleep. You think it puts them to sleep? No. Not at all. I, I don't
2: know what it does to kids nowadays, but they bounce off the wall. I'm not sure what is in the food nowadays, but it, it's something like some up-up is in the in the food nowadays. I don't know how kids run around like they like they do.
1: They don't bounce yeah. off the wall at uh, you know at this hour in the morning. It's it's later on in the afternoon and towards the evening hours. I'm sure plenty of families realize that that the kids well, go a little crazier well, yeah, mind, late to in the day. Your
2: godson drink all those Mountain Dews. <laughs>
1: Well, that's true. You can add that in there. Put a little sugar content into it. And all the food they eat all day long, too.
2: Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, so uh, well, Rusty, it's good to have you on. Oh, it's I, been a long time since we talked. Probably the last time we talked, we were probably both on air with each other.
1: That's true. It's been, what, a couple years? A few either years? It, I'm not either. sure.
2: Or the actually, the last time I saw you, we might have been dressing together in the locker room to get, to play in the in the – what do you call
1: it, the sports guys versus, oh. uh, what were
2: they called?
1: The, the Was that the mascots? the mascots? Yeah, you're right. You're going back to the days of when they had major uh, indoor soccer. I don't even know the name of the league anymore because it, does, it, it exists, believe it or not. Uh it's indoor soccer. They've got four teams in the league. Now, there's not a, a Chicago franchise, but there's uh, a few teams left in it. But you're right. Uh, that was the days when a, a one uh, Brian Bauer used to be the uh, PR guy that put that together.
2: Yes, yes. And and we played the mascots in a soccer game at the Sears Center. And we played with a massive soccer ball. Oh, and yeah. And I was obviously, to be quite honest with you, you were taking it a little bit too serious, Rusty. Okay. <laughs> You, you, you did not want to lose, and I just decided to play defense in front of you. You were the goalie, and everybody else decided to run after the ball, so I didn't get much action. I was just kind of like waving at the, the girlfriend up in the crowd. But that day, I did get into a collision with Grabowski. Do you, do you remember the collision, Rusty?
1: Oh, yes, I remember. He took you right off your feet and put you right what on your you behind. What
2: are you about? <laughs> I, uh, Oh, yeah. See, that's what I'm talking Rusty, you're totally oblivious. That's what I was worried about you doing the show today, because you see things in your own You know, you missed that. I took out Grabowski. To this day, Brian Bauer will call me and just laugh about what I did to him. Dave well,
1: the funniest thing is I know Grabowski. He told me a different story, though.
2: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, it's funny. is you were there in the crew, you were at the game. You didn't even see what happened. We need Brian Bauer on here to confirm <laughs> Grabowski picks up that massive soccer ball and starts running up the right sideline. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Okay, now I'm finally gonna have fun. I run across the whole entire uh what do you call it, field basically. He cut into me, he didn't see me, and I just blast him with my shoulder. He hit the ground with, <laughs> he basically bounced off the ground. I looked up at Brian Bauer and he's like, Dude, you almost killed the mascot uh, I I mean, seriously, when my uh when <laughs> after the game the guy was like you know i didn't see you coming why did you do that to me so the fact that he would tell you he knocked me over absolutely ridiculous rusty
1: well you I know he's going to come up with dude. something that's completely different He's I, not going to say something a, knocked a, him a, it's over
2: it's a typical man and i'm telling you next time you see brian bauer ask him what happened i destroyed the dude and he said he didn't he, he made eye contact right with me and lowered his shoulder. Then he said after the game, I didn't see you coming. Said, what a, oh, that's, and he, then he tells you he blew me up? That cracks me up. Uh, that
1: well, what nice. do you expect? It's years later, you know? It's years later. We'll have to rerun <laughs> the tape back and find that, you know? We'll, we'll have was, to see if Brian I, Bowers I got tape of that. have it on film. I don't
2: know if we have it on film, but the guy that said it all at Brian Bauer, trust me, he he will he will be more than happy to tell you what happened.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, if anybody wants to see a picture of the goofy mascots and people like, uh, you know, Joel and myself, what we look like on that crazy day, I have it on my Facebook page. If you want to see it. it, it's under photos. You'll laugh at it. We got a picture of all of us together. I can't believe I still have that picture on there.
3: Well, you've been
2: on Facebook that long?
1: I, I hate to say I have.
2: I think I've only been like a, like two years or three years because I was just sick of everybody being like, yes, look at me on my Facebook page.
1: So they're all right, I will.
0: So. <laughs> Sh- share it on the two guys in a mic Facebook page after the show.
1: I'll definitely do that. I'll yeah, see nobody, if I can. So everybody,
0: everybody can check it out. For the <laughs> I, I think
1: Dave wants to see this picture. Actually, I do, yeah. Actually, the soccer ball looks bigger than us. I'll have to say that. But it's funny. <laughs> it's funny that Joel brought up the fact of tackling Grabowski because that leads us perfectly. Right into these Pro Bowl selections that came out yesterday. And I'm sure you saw this list. Now,
2: no, no, I, I haven't seen the list. I just, I, I mean, I, I, Rusty, duh, I could care less about the Pro Bowl. I mean, honestly, that's like, to me, it's like one of the biggest joke in sports. But I, I did see the stub list. Cam Newton? Who are, okay, Rodgers and Brees. Who's the third quarterback over Cam Newton to make it in the NFC?
1: Uh, who else would it be? Uh, you got, uh, you got the favorite up in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, so besides Rodgers and Breeze, who are one-two, those are
0: the. Eli, two, Eli Manning was number three.
2: Oh, that's, that's a joke over Cam Newton. This year, Cam Newton had one of the greatest seasons any NFL quarterback, any player's had as a rookie. He's had the greatest season in NFL history as a well,
1: rookie. Well, you know it's kind of funny because right before the show, I brought up the fact of something that was interesting. They've got Tim Tebow on a supplement list. As a possibility of being on the Pro Bowl. And I'm saying to myself, wow, well, wait a minute, he's had a decent season. And you're right, Cam Newton's had a good season, too. Yeah, well, they got they
2: that the NFL came out, oh, by the way, Tim, is, Tim Tebow is the second alternate. <laughs> Why do they got to say that?
1: Well, you know, I, 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 I sit there up. and I laugh at the list, too. Now, all this is is just extra money for the players if they make the Pro Bowl. I don't know what it is these days. Is it 10000 15000 It's not much. And yet the game itself is not as popular as, like, an NBA All-Star game or or a, uh, what do you want to call it, the uh, All-Star game for Major League Baseball either.
2: Well, I, I, I could care less about the Pro Bowl. So, I mean, honestly, all I want to who are the Bears that made it? I have no idea. I'm assuming the only Bears that made it were Tillman, Briggs, Urlacher, Peppers.
1: Actually, there was a total of five. You got Matt Forte. Okay. And uh, also a Peppers special team.
0: Peppers didn't make it. No,
1: he did not make it. No. He was he was he missed the cut. Okay. And, and then so the other one is Corey the, Graham, the, speci-
2: the, the specialty.
0: Yeah, yeah Corey, Corey
1: Graham. Graham. You know, the sad thing is, I'm shocked that Devin Hester doesn't make it.
2: Uh, you know, Devin Hester deserves to make it as uh, as a return guy. Just simple fact that nobody kicks him the ball. And when he does get it, he has a chance to go. That uh, Devin Hester definitely was snubbed this year.
1: I mean, it, it, the person they took as a kick returner for the NFC, Patrick Peterson. Of the Arizona Cardinals.
2: He, well, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Well, I mean,
1: I, I'll be honest. Yeah, I didn't he was, think he, he was okay, but I didn't think he was better than Devin Hester.
2: The rough I haven't seen the list. I know that Patrick Peterson had four touchdowns of 85 yards or more this year in return punt returns. He was phenomenal. What do you mean he didn't do nothing? I, That's incredible. He set the record for most punt returns in a season.
1: I, I, I stat wise, yeah, but I still think. That, wouldn't you be more scared of Devin Hester than Patrick Peterson?
2: I, I absolutely would, but it's not like they gave it to uh, a chump. I mean, he broke a record. He broke. He holds a record that Devin Hester doesn't hold. Hey, you,
1: you, hold, you hold you hold good ground there. There's no doubt. I mean, hey, if you can run the field like that, I'll give you credit for that. I'll give There's, you credit for that there.
2: i I, I got to be honest. Why don't you just put Patrick Peterson as one of the corners? Because in, in the NFC, how many corners deserve to be a pro bowler? Because if you read the Pro Bowl starters at cornerback, I, I, I bet you they're not that good in the NFC.
1: You got Woodson. what? Charles Woodson, Green Bay, not a bad Low choice.
2: and Schoel doesn't even play corner; he plays like oh, a linebacker. Oh, that's a what they got him listed as.
1: You got Char- uh, you got uh, Carlos Rogers from San Francisco. Pretty good Stug. defense this year.
2: He's, yeah, he's a stud. He's
1: a stud. And then then you got this guy uh, Charles Pina Tillman from the Bears.
2: So there you go. So those, those are your top three, and that's awesome that Tillman finally made a Pro Bowl. He definitely deserves it, but. You see what I got to. Charles Woodson doesn't even cover people on the outside. He plays weak outside linebacker, basically, for the Packers. And, you know, I mean, that's, you can, you can, you can I know they call him corner. Watch a Packers game. When does he ever be outside on the wide receiver? It seems like maybe one out of every three plays he's out there. So, uh, the, they should have Patrick Peterson in there somewhere and just I mean, have Devin Hester on the team. But I, mean, I can agree. Is- I
1: mean, tell you the truth, the Packers defense hasn't been good all season. And I know Packer fans are going to scream at me, you're 14 and 1. They have not been that good.
2: Do you, know, do you know what the Packers have been awesome at? Is They do give up a lot of yards, but they do take the ball away from you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so you kind of look at your stats. If you're going to be the 31st worst pass defense in football, well, they're really not the 31st worst pass defense in football. Yes, they are in yardage, but if you leave the NFL in interceptions, Rusty, I'll be more than happy. To give up 100 yards in passing to you if I get one interception out of it, is that, is that for Aaron Rodgers? How many points is an interception, I' like, It's guaranteed three, isn't it? Mm. You got Aaron Rodgers on the field.
1: Well, take a look well, at the I, guy I, that probably deserves to be there, and he did get selected on the on the outside linebackers, Clay Matthews.
2: Oh, oh, no, without question. You know, I mean, hands the, down,
1: I agree with you, 100 percent there.
2: You know the the Packers will drop him in coverage, and what happens is the, who's ever playing the Packers just designated two guys to block nobody because he just dropped off. And all of a sudden, the quarterback throws the ball and he catches everything. He is turning into one of the greatest defensive players. If you look at his first three years in the season, they're as good as any defensive player has ever had. Think think about what he's done the first three years of his career. He's led the NFL in sacks. Now he's intercepting passes, returning for touchdowns, and uh, he's won a Super Bowl. And basically, he was the best player on that defense. I know Woodson was the defensive MVP, but
1: Mm-hmm. The only thing is, it's hard to talk about last year when you got to talk about this year. I mean, you know what they <laughs> yeah. did last year, It's this year is what counts.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Let, let's face it, it's almost, these awards end up being like career achievement awards. It always seems like that. Like, the guy makes the Pro Bowl the second year after he he should make it. Like, you have to have two good years in order to make it into the Pro Bowl.
1: True. And then I'll the, uh, throw in another Packer, B.J. Raji. I mean, his size... His quickness to get to the quarterback, I give a lot of credit there. I think it's deserved. Did he know he
2: made it? Okay, because yeah, I haven't seen who made it. And the, the Packers play two defensive linemen, and they start, like I was saying, they put cornerbacks playing linebacker. They play like these hybrid defenses, and it all uh, evolves around the fact that B.J. Raji could be just massive in the middle and take up a couple blockers on every play, so it allows the, the, the Packers to put a bunch of playmaking defensive backs on the field. So, I mean, it's... B.J. Raji, his numbers aren't good, but his impact is incredible.
1: Yeah, his impact is incredible. What about the 49ers? Let's give kudos to those guys on the West Coast. I mean, that's Jim Harbaugh-led team. I mean, this defense for the 49ers, they allowed, what, one rushing touchdown, which came this past week
3: yeah. from Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, they've got, what, four or five guys that were named on the defense to, to the Pro Bowl, eight guys total.
2: Wow. Oh, that's uh, You know, and the, the 49ers did play very the football all year. It wasn't they, they, they didn't like pretty it to death. It was just you know good solid ugly football. And defensively, uh, uh, Carlos Rogers definitely deserved the Patrick Willis. He's there yeah. question. Without question it. I'm assuming Dante Whitner is another guy that made the Pro Bowl. Who was the other one from there? Actually,
1: uh, so Dante Whitner didn't get there. Uh, okay. You're right about Rogers, Carlos Rogers, uh, one of the cornerbacks. Also, Patrick Willis. You picked up on that little linebacker. Uh, uh, Justin, Justin, Justin
0: Smith made it. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely I mean,
2: the and ball.
0: and Goldson.
2: Okay. Well, that's, that's, some good, that's a decent defense. They got a really good defense over uh, in San Francisco. But one thing their defense was helped out on this year was the fact that their offense stayed on the field all day long. I mean, Alex Smith made no plays. They just kept getting first down after first down, and actually, you know, they they would beat you like sixteen to six, and you're like, "What just happened? We just got our butts handed to us," and they didn't even do anything offensively.
1: I like the fact the 49ers got this many players. For a team, you know, nothing against Mike Singletary. I mean, I thought he was an outstanding coach. I think they, you know, picked up a lot of good players over the last few years, but finally, maybe things developed maybe a little bit too late for Mike Singletary. And Jim Harbaugh took it over, got things straightened out the way he wanted it to, and look what this team has done this year. Uh,
2: Well, I I know one thing. I I forget the guy's name, but the one thing that they've taken advantage of, you talk about the players they picked up. They have a Samoan guy from Idaho that plays guard for them. His name is Sapolo. That guy had to have been. Please tell me he was one of the offensive linemen in the NFC. I know the. I know Evans and Hicks from the Saints obviously made it. If they didn't make it, they got to they got to redo the votes on this. I'm sure they made it. But the kid from San Francisco, their offensive guard, is he did he make it?
1: Uh, you got Joe Staley. That's the only one I see from the offensive line for San Francisco.
2: Okay, well, yeah, he deserves it. He's awesome. Well, they, they've they got a Samoan guy from Idaho named Sapolo. If you watch the 49ers play, he pulls on every play. It's amazing. This dude's like 350 pounds, and when you see him pull around, that's why the 49ers are so good. This kid's a rookie. He's killing people. The mm-hmm. I mean, guy guaranteed next year and the whole after you do it one year, you get the Pro Bowl, he's like a, he might be like a first-team All-Pro by the time he's uh, by next year. The kid's that good, so look out
1: for him. You know, Joe, it's funny you mentioned the offensive line because you can probably name a dozen players that probably deserve it throughout the year. That is the most underranked position in any football team.
2: Okay, well, did, did Hicks and Evans from the Saints make the team? Uh, well, what? Hicks? Watching those two with, uh, the other day with the Saints, I have like 20 people over my house every day during football games. We were just watching these guys just throw. John Abraham around. And John Abraham, John Abraham just came off a four stack game. He didn't even sniff Drew Brees. I mean, mm. on, uh, on, on Monday night, it was just absolutely amazing. Actually,
1: the Saints, I didn't want to bring up the Saints because they're just breeze past people the way they're playing right now. You got uh, Carl Nix on the offensive line. Okay, you got uh, Evans. Evans uh, also was selected. Jim, and also okay. Graham, Jeremy, Gr- Jimmy Graham, the, the, the you know, tight end, also was in there.
2: Yeah, with Jimmy Graham right now is the best receiving tight end in football. If he ever learns how to block, he could be in the uh, Gronkowski mold of how good of a tight end he could be all around. And
1: also Jermaine Bushrod also was named, too, as tack, one of the tackles. So you got four got from the offensive line. And mm-hmm. there
2: you go. That, the Saints offensive line on Monday night, we, it was mind-boggling. Drew Brees is great. And Drew Brees is definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but I think those weapons, the Colstons, Hendersons, Lance moore are so overrated with the Saints because you have one of the best quarterbacks and an off offensive line that he never gets hit. So a bunch of average receivers and you have a, the best quarterback with all the time in the world makes those receivers look a lot better than I think they are.
1: Well, I'll tell you one thing, what Brees does on the field is unbelievable. Especially when he doesn't get the ball away, which isn't much, but it can happen occasionally. But I mean, you got to. I'm sure you guys talked about this the last couple of days. His record-setting performance that he had on Monday night. It was just a. a it was almost like a dream to watch that game.
2: It, it's the way he, he has all day. He comes up whenever you hear him yell "kill, kill, kill" at the line. You know, some play is gonna just every time he does that. The defense is just like, oh no, we're totally screwed because they 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 basically go to their second play because the defense is aligned wrong and they'll snap it immediately. The defense can't even adjust every time that happens. I swear to you, the Saints had like a twenty-yard play. I don't know whether it was a runner or a pass. You know, the what? guy right now is just—he's masterful, and mm. Packers fans should be aware. You and, definitely want to be aware because, like you were talking about, the defense isn't all that great in Green Bay. You got the Saints with the best offensive line in football. You got three running backs, all the weapons. Drew Brees. We've done. The NFC has not been won yet, Rusty.
1: Oh, I understand it. You know, one thing—looking down the list, that I'm so happy about. And I'm tired of the East Coast bias in ESPN. I don't mean to pick on ESPN much here, but the fact that you don't see many Eagles, many Giants, or many Cowboys on this list here. Well,
2: And, 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 that, and that
1: tells me Victor, Victor, something. Victor,
2: that, Cruz, Victor Cruz of the Giants deserve to be in the, in the Pro Bowl. How about John paul Pierre of the Giants? Did he make it?
1: I'm looking down the list. I only see a couple here. I, I see uh, uh, Eli Manning we talked about earlier. LaShawn yeah. McCoy made it from the Eagles. Eagles. yes. And I don't see. Victor Cruz, do I not see him on the list? Am I wrong? Here? Uh,
2: Victor Cruz didn't make it. What about Justin Babin, of uh, the Eagles?
1: I'm taking a look down the uh, list if Justin here. Justin
2: Babin, if he, if he didn't make it, that's ridiculous. If he didn't make it. And if John Paul Pierre of the Giants didn't make it, that's ridiculous too.
3: I,
0: I don't, don't see him on uh, the Oh, list. yeah, John. Uh, Did he didn't make yeah, it. He, yeah. Are
2: They're you talking
0: Jason it. Pierre Paul?
2: Yeah, Jason Paul. I'm yeah, sorry. He, yeah,
0: he made it. Okay, good. And Jason Babin made it.
1: Yeah, I don't see Victor Cruz, though. On yeah, the no, list. Uh, Cruz yeah, yeah I don't see him Receivers, you got uh, Calvin Johnson of Detroit. Yeah, good Detroit. season. Uh, Fitzgerald from Arizona. Steve Smith Detroit. from Carolina. And uh, Greg Jennings from Green Bay before he was okay. injured.
2: Uh, okay, that's, uh, that's... So I guess Victor Cruz will make it because of the whole injury thing. But, okay, just as long as on the defensive line, if... If Julius Peppers isn't going to make it, you know Justin Babin and you know Pierre Paul should make it. But if you, I know Babin's got 21 sacks or whatever he's got right now. He's right about to break the record. But to be honest, I don't think he's had as much influence on winning football games as Julius Peppers has had for the Bears. I'm, seriously, I'm not just saying that because I'm biased towards the Bears. I watched these games. Babbitt, they've run on him all day long. The Eagles, there's a reason why they suck. is because, yes, he's got a bunch of sacks, but they run right at the guy, and he gives up running yards all day. So I think that's not a good uh, good number, honestly.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess we should talk about the AFC. We've talked enough about the NFC right now. On the AFC, the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, they had the most that I could see with seven players named. If you can move that... uh,
2: they're the paper champion, Rusty. That's Every year, the, the Ravens have the most pro bowlers. At the beginning of the year, they look like they're the best team on paper, and then they—all it is—is is, uh, Ray Lewis dancing and not and talking, but not doing the walk.
1: That's of course, I great. will throw this. I just noticed the Patriots had eight players this season. Well, I'd
2: let see that. Logan Mackins, Tom Brady, Wes Welker, Andre Carter, uh, Vince Wilfork—all those guys are obvious right there. Those, I mean, uh, Gronkowski. Okay, I mean that.
1: Well that better be. That better be for sure. With, yeah, Gronkowski. so those
2: right there. If you look at the AFC's offense, we were talking about this yesterday. I, I, I just want you to read the starting offense if you had it, because we were talking about this yesterday. My buddies were about how good the AFC's starting offense would be this year.
0: Okay,
3: it's
2: incredible here, how he, good the players are.
0: Here's your starting offense. at quarterback, Tom Brady. Uh-huh. Uh, running back, Ray Rice. Uh, who? Fullback, Leach.
2: Oh, he's had a phenomenal year.
0: Your wide receivers are Wes Welker and Mike Wallace. Okay. Your tight end is Rob Gronkowski. Oh, that's a stretch. Your tackles are Joe Thomas and Jake Long. Hey. Your guards are Logan Mankins and Brian Waters. And your center is Mark... Uh, Marky
2: Pouncey of the Steelers. Yep, yep. <laughs> that, that's a pretty good offense. And then the defense, too, would all be phenomenal. The AFC this year is is really loaded, Rusty, because that's a pretty good starting off, offensive lineman for an offense. Or an team. And it's kind of cool they picked Mike Wallace, who's had a phenomenal year. I mean, to, to really recognize him in the first year, of him doing something as big as he did this year is pretty cool. The guy averaged 20 yards of catch rush.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm shocked that Phillip Rivers is even on this list for San Diego. I didn't think he had he that made, great a year. He
2: made That's ridiculous. He threw more interceptions. I agree.
1: <laughs> I agree. I don't think he had that good of the year. Oh, that's, that's horrible. Okay. I'm sure we can come up with a, a different quarterback. For his spot.
2: In the AFC. Because Andy Dalton, he's obviously an alternate because Tim Tebow is the alternate. Andy Dalton played all-star caliber quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals so far the first 15 games.
1: And yet, wait, the Bengals, look where they're at. Aren't they sitting on a cusp of being a wild card right now?
2: If they beat the Ravens, I don't know if they even need help. I'm pretty sure if they beat the Ravens straight up, they're in.
1: They're not going to yeah, but they're not going to beat the Ra- they're not going to beat the Ravens. But
2: AFC is like teams need teams to win, and then some other teams will lose and some other teams to win. It's it's really messed up. It's uh it, yeah, I don't know if the Bengals totally control their own destiny, but they're still in playoff contention in week 17, and we haven't said that since the 90s.
0: The the, the Bengals are at this point. The Bengals are in. They have one of the wild cards. They're the sixth oh. seed right now.
2: So they only need to win. That's all they need That's to do. is they, they win, they're yeah. in
1: which is going to be a tough task, but they are at home.
2: And and Let's face it, the Ravens have all that talent, but the the Ravens, who I'm sure Holote Nata is one of the defensive Can you say that that again, please? Holote Nata.
1: Okay, I just want to make sure you said it right. Okay, go ahead.
2: Uh, Well, I'm sure he's one of the on there, but it seems like the Ravens always screw the pooch. It it seems like they always do something that messes up their season. Uh, uh, Did I say the Bengals or the Ravens? 'Cause I met the Ravens this year. The Ravens continue to do stuff to shoot themselves in the foot all year long. I expect them to lose and have the Steelers grab the grab the bye, which is gigantic. The Ravens really need this game. The Ravens have to beat the Bengals and then they have the bye, or the Steelers have to Steelers have to beat the Browns and then the Ravens have to lose. You know, that's and they, the bye.
1: That's been the thorn in the side for the Ravens all season is winning games on the road. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. I've noticed that all season. They went to San Diego. They laid an egg there. They went out west. Uh Watched San Francisco. They laid an egg.
2: And they lost to Seattle. Mm Hmm. So I'm telling you, this is good. The Ravens could cost themselves. And what's the difference of playing two home games as a play as opposed to playing three road games to get to the Super Bowl? The difference of actually getting. I mean, that's massive. So this this game, there's a lot of good games in the AFC this particular weekend
1: uh, for football. It's a great final weekend, especially if you're trying to figure things out. I mean, NFC's basically settled. The dust is cleared last weekend, but a couple things there. But the AFC is, tell you the truth, you got a lot of good matchups there.
2: Uh, the the Denver-Kansas City matchup, one of the best matchups of the, of the entire weekend. When was the last time you think a team cared so much about winning a game that they didn't have a chance to make the playoffs in, that the Kansas City Chiefs want to win right now? For Romeo, Carmel, and for... Kyle Orton. Considering what happened with Kyle Orton in Denver early on this year, I mean, this that's about as good of a of a, a matchup as you could have on a on the last weekend of the season.
1: And and I'll throw this in: what about the fact that Kansas City lost their coach a few weeks ago, and look what has happened to this team since then?
2: And they have Romeo Crennel now, and all of a sudden that's like it's like these players really like him, and they're like, hey, we want him back next year. I mean, that's what they're playing like. They hey, they want Cromel back next season, so. I like the Chiefs this weekend against Denver, even though Denver's the one playing for playing for all the marbles, basically.
1: I, I'm in shock with the Kansas City Chiefs because there's a team I I didn't know what to expect out of this team. I'm sure you go week by week looking at like, okay, which defense is going to show up, and for some reason the last month they have shown up almost on a weekly basis. Hey, I mean, I'll, I'll be a Chief fan here and be very happy with how they're playing. I mean, shoot, they, they 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 got the Bears. They uh, they took care of the Green Bay Packers, who were unbeaten. Mm-hmm. That was a shock and a half. No one expected that.
2: Yeah, I didn't expect it. I, th- I thought they'd play them tough, and uh, I mean, they beat them, which, which was all right. So yeah, that the Chiefs are playing huge at the end of the year. The, this weekend in the AFC, there's so many games, and they're all at 3:15 somehow, Rusty. I don't know how they did it, but even the Steelers and Browns and and the the Ravens and Bengals are playing at 315 on Sunday for some reason, which they always play at noon. But now neither team is going to know what's going on. So this Sunday afternoon between uh, 3 and 6, if you're a diehard football fan, <laughs> if you have the NFL red zone, it's going to be one heck of a I'm, – I'm really looking forward to it. You
1: know what you're going to need to do? You're going to have to line up your TVs or TV screens. Mm-hmm. Maybe go with your, uh, I don't know, something, six different screens with your – different clickers, and trying to watch each of these games. Because you're, you're right, right, it's going to be all lined up.
2: I used to have more than one television in here. I'm not kidding you, but now we only have the one big one, and I think people are happier when they're coming over to the house on Sunday. <laughs> now that the NFL Red Zone is here, before NFL Red Zone, nobody came to the house before.
1: <laughs> they like that Red Zone, don't they? I can tell they like the Red Zone because you can see all the action. I like the way they set that up, too. Because anytime so, somebody gets within that 20... About ready to score. They just click right to it.
2: Now, do you, uh, uh, do you have people over at the house uh, when you're watching football? Because I, I tend to, like, people just start showing up, Rusty. It ends up being at, at 1130, there's two people here, and by the end of the day, 20 different people have ended up inside the house.
1: I'd like to school. do that, but I don't think the wife would like the idea of that.
2: Oh, yeah, I, I don't have one of those. So.
1: I, I know that. You don't have to worry about that situation. But I'd like to have them all come over, but I don't have that big screen TV either. I don't have the 80-inch TV that you might have.
2: I, I have the I have the sixty inch, so I'll have to. Yeah, I need to get the eighty. If there's one of those
1: out now, I, I'm, well, there is. I get a kick out of. It. You saw that commercial that was out. Uh, I've seen it on the, on the NFL Network. They show it every Thursday. This humongous screen they call it, and you see this guy looking inside of it, looking up, like, "Wow, look how big this screen is." <laughs> I, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, "Where can somebody put that thing? You can, well, you need a wall that's got to go from one side of the room to the other side of the room." And there's not many wall space that's available. I'm sorry. Not I, my place. I
2: can get I can get that hung for you,
1: though. <laughs> you can get it home?
2: I, I can get it hung for you.
1: Oh, you can get it hung for me. Okay.
2: I can get it hung for you. It's professionally and done right, it'll be beautiful. So if you get that, trust me, it can be put in a part of your house that you would never know it could fit and be beautiful. And I can have it feng shui, so it'll be put in the perfect part of the house. You
1: know what the hardest part is? How, how would you get it through the door? <laughs> it doesn't come in pieces. We know that.
2: Well, those things are—they're not that thick. I mean, they're not that thick. They're only like six inches thick. True. Walking right through your front door.
1: True, but is the is the doorway big enough?
2: <laughs> Do you think about I, that? I, I, they'll figure it out. If you can get an eighty-inch television, that's what's what, that—almost uh, seven feet of television. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure Will Perdue could walk uh, into your house. I'm sure you can get a TV. You and- know,
1: when I saw that commercial for the first time, I started thinking of uh, Dallas, Texas uh, stadium down there. You know, Jones uh big screens that he's got above the field. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Boy, if you can have big screens above the field, you might as well put it in your house.
2: No it's that's ninety feet, I think, those TVs
1: Uh-huh.
2: Are. I'm not I forget how long it is. Maybe it's a hundred. Like he get no, it's gotta be at least triple digits. Maybe it's a hundred meters. I don't know what it is. But those things are massive, massive T V.
1: Those things are insane.
2: I, I I mean, I don't know how much it cost him. Was it of thirty million per television?
1: Well, hey, he's got the pocketbook for it.
2: Yeah, but how many extra tickets do you have to sell to make up for that thirty million bucks that you're spending for a TV? And yeah. actually, I think it's more like a hundred million.
1: Well, the only uh, thing is, you need a team down there to make it work.
2: Well, well, they do. Oh. And if the, if the only problem is, uh, they're all superstars. They've got twenty-two superstars out on the field. They don't have any. Any guys that do the little things, right? It seems like every single guy that you look at on the Cowboys, you look at him, you're like, Well, yeah, that guy's a really good player. I wonder why they're not doing better.
1: It I've not like been impressed with the Dallas Cowboys all season. And it starts with their defense. And maybe Cowboy fans can scream at me all they want. I'm not happy with what I see in their defense. And then you can go with their quarterback too. Tony Romo, injured. They're not I mean, they're in a big game this weekend.
3: They
1: got a big it's game not, with the good. Giants. And I don't think I don't see them winning. I see the Giants just Coming out and beating them easily.
2: Easily. Easily. Yeah, I, I, I do like the Giants in this game myself. Uh, I, I don't, the Cowboys don't match up. If you can get pressure on Romo without blitzing or anything like that, and all of a sudden Romo starts moving and you have a zone, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to throw pits. So you know that's going to happen. So, and they don't have Felix Jones is hurt. He's banged up still. Uh, Murray is out, obviously, for the season with no running game. You depend on Romo with that pass for us coming ahead of it. They're in trouble. That's if the, ga- if the
1: game was in Dallas, I'd consider the idea leaning towards the Cowboys. No, the game is in the Meadowlands. It's a Giants home turf. You know, Giants played pretty well last week. You know, I, I think well enough where that they can carry over the way they played last week to this week.
2: Uh, Rusty, I- I'm going to have to disagree with one part. When you talk about the Giants, you can't say, oh, they played well last week. They're going to continue to play well. There's a lot of teams you can say that about. No, not the Giants, because the Giants, more than any team, will just shock you with poor play when you think they should come out and just play awesome. More than any team in the NFL, I would put the Giants on that top of that list.
1: And I'm sure, I'm sure the entire New York contingent here, maybe it's all New York City and New Jersey, would probably come out and they would say, they're playing for John Fossil's job.
2: Okay, and he hasn't even been there. And, and, but and you fire. hear this
1: every year at the end of the season.
2: Well well Tom Coughlin's been a coach, you know okay. for a while.
1: I mean Coughlin, yeah, <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Get me in oh, my, my oh, mind frame. But but every year you get that same thing, you're playing for the coach.
2: Well you know why? It's because there's always so many eggs laid in the middle of their season where you're like, How the heck did they lose this game? How do they everything was on the table and they came out late laid, laid an egg and then you're also like, Well, they won a Super Bowl in the, one of the biggest upsets ever. The Giants are an enigma, and I, and I like the Giants. And the Giants should absolutely pummel the Cowboys this Sunday
1: night. So, well, if if the running game is in order, Bradshaw, I like the way he played last week, and they give the ball to Jacobs. The, the, the one-two punch should run over the Dallas Cowboys this week.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I totally agree. That's exactly what should happen. I just if you look at it, like what what the heck the Seahawks were the worst team in football this year. They go into New York and they pull the pants down on the Giants. But you know what? They shouldn't be looking past the Cowboys, right? How could you look past this game? It'd be impossible, right? They should be ready to play.
1: I, I, I tell you the truth. If Seattle didn't get the start they had, they'd probably be a playoff team again.
2: Oh, if you look at them right now, right now, if too bad of to Barney Jackson's playing for them. Because if you take their quarterback play out of the equation, the Seattle offensive line against the 49ers looked great. Marshawn Lynch, the last 11 weeks of the season, is leading the NFL in yards, and it isn't a, an accident. He is playing phenomenal, and their defense is a very, very good defense—a top third defense in the NFL. The problem is they got Tavarius Jackson as their quarterback.
1: yeah by the way, I got to brag about something, and I hate to do this at this point, but maybe I should. It's funny in fantasy football; I picked him up about the third or fourth week, and that might have been the best pickup I ever had. I
2: have. Uh, I'm in a league that you're in, Rusty. And I, I <laughs>
1: I'm the it. one that waved him, by the way.
2: I, well, Sorry, I'm
3: Dave.
2: Oh in, that oh, in my league, because I'm in the league with Big John's league, and I have Marshawn Lynch in that league, and I'm winning. I'm going to win that league this week. <laughs> I, so,
1: I, I really didn't want to hear that one too, because I'm in both of yours. You know. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I, My own league. I didn't want to talk about my own league. That, that ended up being horrible. My best pickup on that was Cam Newton which uh, worked out
1: all right. So, I don't know if anybody else wants to hear what we're doing these fantasy things. I no, mean, no, it's entertainment purposes only, and we know that. I, so. it, I
2: promise you, because I don't really care either.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> that is definitely yeah, the, true.
2: The three of us are losers in my league. Some dude that legitimately, I don't think, has... Just to let, to, to let everybody feel good about this fantasy football stuff, if you hate it. The guy that won the league, I might think, is a 50-year-old virgin. And he listens to this program, and he has never called. I'm going to make
1: fun of him. Hey,
3: so just
2: let you know, the guy and you know something?
1: League, He's probably standing up no and no taking a bow right now. <laughs> There's
2: no, there no way we could win, Rusty. Right now the guy's looking for waiver pickups for next season already. All right? So it's we, it's impossible to beat the dude. I'm not going to have him in the league
1: next year. Oh, boy. We, I, I guess we got to sneak away for a break here, don't we? Don't we need to do that? No. We can <laughs> you know just <laughs> plow right through. Oh, we'll plow through? Okay. We can plow through. We can do that. Okay.
0: I'm, just, I'm, I'm looking you, at you, you David. I don't even remember the last time we took a break, big dog. Do you? Uh,
2: it was it was November of 2010.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you have it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. We can do that. Keep it going through. That's fine. I'm used to, you got to understand, when you do a show on Saturday mornings, we get breaks every half hour because you have to take it for, you know, what do they call that, business things, you know, those, those personal business things. You have to take the break. Here that's- you guys don't have to. That's fine with me.
2: Well, this is this is internet this isn't radio
1: true true
2: so we don't need station IDs every hour we don't need to do any of
1: those that's why I said that's all that personal business you have to take care of mm-hmm. so
2: Not
1: bad. and by the by the way I know the coach likes to say where my you know my show is can I plug it for a minute can I do that oh, No, go right ahead go and get ahead. a chance because we do a show from eight to ten o'clock central time and you can listen to it uh it's basically on wrlr.fm. it's the best way to get it because it's in the Chicagoland area. Uh, or you can go to Justin TV and punch in WRLR, and you can see us and hear us all through the morning. I do the show with uh, Patrick Cameron. Some guy by the name of Steve Brandy comes on, very knowledgeable. And somebody that you know, too, Kevin the Swamp Rat, comes on there and talks about college football and, and basketball. A
2: good-looking young man. And he i got to tell you something. When the cameras finally spot him, he'll make it big.
1: <laughs> True.
2: That's all Kevin's missing is the camera. And yep. when they finally get a hold of him, He's the next uh, superstar in this business.
1: Well, you know something. I've tried to bring him into the studio,
2: and he refuses to do it.
1: Exactly. He doesn't want to get, uh, you know, transportation purposes up, you know, where we're at, which is about thirty miles north from where he lives. So he doesn't want to do that.
2: Yeah, he's also afraid that he just wants to be low key. He wants to do his small school stuff because if anybody ever sees a Swamp Rat, they're gonna they're gonna realize how beautiful he is, and they're gonna all of a sudden he's gonna have to do like Michigan, Ohio State. He'll be unhappy. He'd, he'd rather do Cleveland State taking on, you know, uh, Butler. That's like that's good for him.
1: You know, it's funny. He may end up be, being like Dick Vitale, Call the games.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he doesn't have enough energy for that. Uh-uh. <laughs> Not enough energy. Too many cigarettes. I,
1: I don't think he wants to do that, does he?
2: No, no. That that wouldn't be good. Now, I, I doubt many of our listeners know who Swamp Right is, but I got if, if you need to check him out, Kevin com, And I got if you need, it's the best women's cross-country rankings uh, site in all of America. It's the only one, but it's the best one. I got to tell you Rusty.
1: Well, he also comes out with, uh, I got to give him credit, he comes out with polls on, you know, college football, college basketball, and (laughs) then also he's got women's college basketball on there now. And I think, I'm trying to think if he's doing volleyball on there, if he did that.
3: Well, like I
2: said, he's got the cross-country
1: yeah it's I know phenomenal.
2: that I, you read that and you just want to go out and run as fast and as far away from that as you possibly can i
1: I'll tell you something i I was reading some of the stuff that he did, and i was I was amazed by it. you're right. it was a four star <laughs> performance
2: oh okay, good giving this one for a hard time
1: <laughs> yeah, he's texting me now. I just got a note saying thanks <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, t- talk zone here. Coach isn't here, but we're having a good time without him. You know that.
2: Yeah, it's easy. It's easy. He, you know, the man uh, working with John Cohen every day. I mean, uh, when we we hang the phone up, he'll yell at me for messing up on a word or something like that. He's he's like a drill sergeant, Rusty. So I'm oh. going to enjoy not not being able to do a show without worried about having to make a mistake or something like that.
1: See, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm, as I said earlier, I'm sitting in his chair and I I can't get comfortable because this chair has been worn by him too too long.
2: I mean, the guy a one hundred two pounds. He can't really put that much of a dent in the chair.
1: True. <laughs> I can't go along much more with that.
0: That, that, that chair was actually, actually custom bought for uh, Jonathan Hood. Believe it or not.
1: Really?
2: really?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> that's why it's so large.
2: Okay, so it's bought for Jonathan Hood, and a guy that's one hundred two pounds sits in it every day. So it's like that's like definitely overkill on the chair. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we were we were having a situation uh, with with broken wheels on the chairs. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so we had to get something a little. Oh
2: starter. man, you gotta get better chairs. Why don't you take, why don't you walk here? <laughs> I'm sorry. we <Let's> can move
1: on. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you positive yeah. about this? Oh, I I'm just
2: imagine Jonathan Hood sitting in chairs and breaking them all the time, getting all frustrated. You're like, oh man, you gotta get more expensive chairs. You know, but it's always
1: easy to blame the chair when you're 480. Uh, and you would think you're sitting down with this, too. Uh, yeah, we should go on, shouldn't we? <laughs> um, let's go on with the Bulls yesterday. I don't know if you caught any of the little Caesars Bowl. I happened to catch this, uh, you know, yesterday afternoon, and it was on about four o'clock. I just happened to be home watching the game, and I gotta give credit to Western Michigan because they really, I mean, Purdue's not that great of a team, trust me. You know, Kind of mediocre, middle-of-the-road team of the Big Ten. Sorry, Boilermaker fans, you know this is an offseason for you and you barely made a bowl game. But Western Michigan, you know, forced a, a few turnovers. But they, I'll give credit to their coach because it, it, it wasn't the fact, hey, we're going to lay down and let Purdue win our game here. They fought hard. It was a great game. And they were doing basically, you know, let, let you do a lateral pass, you know, to the to the fullback, which happened to be their second quarterback, and then they're throwing the ball down the field right off the bat. I mean, well, there was no they, stops out there. Yeah, they, they just ran, kept doing things.
2: They they ran a, a flea flicker to Jordan Martin, who had a, a phenomenal game yesterday. Jordan Martin, all, first-team All-American wide receiver for Western Michigan, had 265 yards in receiving in a game against a Big Ten team. Yeah, They run the flea flicker on the first play. And the offense, who knew that they were going to score on that play, they don't huddle for the extra point. They run up, and right when the ball is snapped, they get into the they get into a kick formation and run a, a trap play for a two-point conversion off of a field goal attempt. It was beautiful. So all of a sudden, it's 8 nothing Western Michigan. You know, like, what the heck? And then that game was really exciting, Rusty, because Purdue onside kicked twice in the first half and recovered both of them.
1: Well, I, I, I like the first kick, because even the kicker made comments like, gee, I didn't think that ball was going to make it 10 yards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that looked like slow motion. It's just spinning and going over the top and going over the top, and it's like everybody watched the ball, it, literally it watching it.
2: The, it crossed the 10-yard marker about three yards from the sideline. That's where it went, finally went 10 yards. It, three yards from the sideline, and it took – Four seconds to get there? Would you say four seconds? Is Am I, I overreacting? It might have been five.
1: Long? It might have been five. I said everybody was watching the ball. Like, is so this thing going to make it?
2: Everybody in Western Michigan was running down to cover a kick, and there was like eight Purdue Boilermakers around the football waiting for it to go ten yards. <laughs> Maybe not eight. There was definitely four on. That was, that was one of the craziest onside kicks I'd ever seen. And then the next time they scored, they onside kicked again going in the other direction on the field, and it was a beautiful onside kick. Perfectly executed, right into a Purdue Boilermaker's hand. I, they stole two possessions in a in a game they won thirty seven to thirty two. Obviously, very important. Here, here's the thing I got to ask you, Russ, and I know you've heard this comment. Oh, it's a bowl game; they'll do anything. They're pulling out all the stops, and that's what they did after the two point conversion, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Is it,
2: do you think is that really true? Does that really happen? Because if it's true, why doesn't the coach figure out a way to do anything to win when it's the fifth game of the year?
1: That's a good question. In a
2: bowl game; you'll take you'll pull out all the stops. I, I fakes and you know I I never understood
1: that. I I don't understand either. Now, think about this too. You you, you do have some time to prepare for your opponent.
2: You're exactly right. Okay, that, but that, they
1: only cool. give you fifteen practices, but you still have at least a month from yeah. your last game that you can sit there, look at the film room, come up with ideas,
2: and so then you're you implant
1: exactly. them practices. So you have a lot of time to prepare for your opponent.
2: Uh, yeah, you, that that's probably right. So you can get away with uh Stuff that takes you a little bit longer to coach up like hey we're going to run this play the trick play and we're going to get right into the on the ball and run the play you know you can do that stuff I, I guess when you're preparing for a week these coaches are so freaking anal and you only get 20 hours with your team per week and three and a half hours of that is the game so you get like 16 and a half hours of practice time so they don't want to waste a half hour on teaching them a trick play when they would in December like you're saying when they have all this time but uh, but just the attitude. But it, it does seem like they are more likely to like go for it on fourth down or or call a fake. And I, I just have never understood that. I don't think it should make any difference.
1: You know, if if, if you, I don't know if I don't know if you have watched many of the MAC games this year, and I've caught some of the NAU oh, games. Two. And I, uh, I'll tell State you one thing: the MAC Wednesday tries things. Rugby.
2: That's what I do—is watch MAC football.
1: Well, I was just going to say they try things out there. I mean, there's some crazy games in the MAC this year, and for some reason, those coaches are—they do a lot more things than you see in the Big Ten.
3: Oh,
2: they definitely do. It, do. it does seem like they're more willing to take a chance. Where, like in a Big Ten, oh, you went for it on fourth and two, and it cost your team a game—that's horrible. You do that in the MAC. You know, there's 50,000 people who, who complain about it. You do that at Ohio State, there's 50 million people who complain about it. And maybe that's what it is. Like, Maybe you're more have to take a chance if uh, you don't think, you know, Buckeye Nation is going to come down and kill you if you make a, the wrong decision. Mm-hmm.
1: Of course, there was one other game last night. Uh, North Carolina State uh, beat Louisville in the Belk Bowl, which I'm still trying to figure out what a Belk is. Does anybody know uh, what that is?
2: Uh, yeah, it's uh, – they have – Three hundred department no, has three hundred carpet stores in the southern part of the United States. The department store chain, so it's like Nordstrom, but in the South. <laughs>
1: hey, it's it's almost like the beef. Uh, what was that? The uh, the the beef O'Brady Bowl last sure, week. I
2: thought beef O'Brady. O'Brady, O'Brady, I don't know. I'm still yeah. lost. I thought it was a canned meat, and uh, David Olson informed me that it's actually like a Bennigan's in the South.
1: Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, it is. I, I don't it know where my, they come up with no these idea. names. You know, these names that, you know, 35 bowls. And we talked about this on, on last Saturday on our show, you know, with, with Kevin the Swamper. These names are just killing us.
2: You, you know, I, I, went, I went through the college football encyclopedia back when I used to do We used to do this every year. We haven't done it since we've been on the Internet. But I would come up with bowl names. And we'd have people like you, someone like you, Rusty. And you would have to tell me whether or not it was true that there ever was a bowl in the history of college football. And I'm not kidding you. I, when I got the list and started reading off, I had to go check the answers because I, even though I wrote them, I forgot which ones were right and which ones were wrong. That's, that's how bad it is. So, like, stuff like, uh, like the New Jersey Bowl. Has that ever been a bowl, Rusty? The New Jersey Bowl. Yes or no?
1: I'm thinking back <sighs> my memory, but I think there was a New Jersey Bowl at one time.
2: Yeah. yeah I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, I totally messed it up. It was the Garden Bowl. That's what mm. they called it. The Garden Bowl in New Jersey because it's the Garden State Bowl. I mean, it's, it's crazy names. They have, like, the Micron MicronPC.com Bowl. Oh, yeah, that was a bowl one. Illinois scored 63 mm-hmm. points in that bowl.
1: One of the few games they look good.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget the, the Gaylord Bowl. Remember that?
1: That one I don't remember.
2: Uh, there was a Gaylord Hotel. They had the Gaylord Bowl for three years. I'm not kidding. I'm not making that up. And it was, last year was the last year of it. But Gaylord Hotels... In Memphis every year, had a Gaylord Bowl.
1: Hmm. So that, for some reason that one doesn't stand out to me.
2: I know, that's why I'm, I'm not making fun of it, but sit, that's how many bowls. Is how you don't exactly expect that as the name of a, of a college football bowl, do you?
1: Not at, not at all. Not at all. There's <laughs> hey, there's two bowls today to talk about. The Military okay. Bowl. Here's another new one for you. The Military Bowl with Air Force taking on Toledo.
2: Yeah, they've been that bowl's been around for like three or four years.
1: It sounds new to us, but, uh,
2: yeah, it, but it, it, it used to be the Bell Helicopters Armed Forces Bowl. I,
1: I think this should be a good game. I like Toledo to to possibly win this game because the way Toledo played against Northern Illinois, one of those craziest games of the year. Uh, this might be if they come out with some pretty good offense. I think they're going to run past them. That's that's my I, best guess.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, just let you know I've uh, been picking games that, like everybody wants to know. I'm seven and eight, seven and one so far this game. Uh, Air Force is going to destroy Toledo. Toledo has no defense. Air Force has one of the greatest quarterbacks in America this year, Tyron Robinson. He's going to go for his fourth consecutive bowl win at Air Force. So uh, I, I like I like Air Force big time in this game.
1: Well, keep an eye on it. It should be a good game to watch anyhow. If there's a lot of offense in this, it'll be a good uh, one.
3: Air Force,
2: the the over under in this game better be at least 70. It better be because I guarantee you Air Force scores at least 45 points in this game. I'm calling
1: it. Oh, I know you're calling. I'm checking on the numbers on this. Uh, I'm looking it up here on the computer to see how much, uh, it's actually 70 and a half.
2: Oh, it's, okay, there you go. Well, I said it should be 70, so I hit that. Where, and Air Force is not big of a favorite.
1: Favored by, I think it's four and a half. Let me look at that that's, again. Actually, okay. it's three. They're favored by three.
2: Okay, so, oh, well, that's good. So, it's a, they're considered a close game. They're definitely considered a close game. Yeah. I, so, they're picking, in this game right now, they're picking the score to be, Uh, 37 to 34. That's what the experts are picking the game to be right now. So expect some points,
1: Rusty. I don't know. I'm expecting 52 to 45. I don't know why.
2: I'll I'll take that, too. As a a guy watching TV, I definitely will take it. Uh,
1: One other bowl to talk about today the Holiday Bowl. Everyone's heard about that one.
2: Uh, Without question, one of that. When we were growing up, that was one of the highlight bowls of when there used to be 15 bowls and it was cool if you got into one. Mm-hmm. And then, if you got in the Holiday Bowl, you were a little disappointed, but you were like the second best team in the in the in the Big Ten playing a team. Do you know how like it used to be like that? Who's playing in the Holiday Bowl this
1: year? You've got no BYU, by the way. Uh, Texas and California, both teams seven and five.
2: Yeah, it, this this uh, game has turned into a Pac Ten versus Big Twelve. Oh, well, excuse me, Pac Twelve versus <laughs> Big Twelve uh, matchup about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is the one thing I say: Texas is inconsistent. They have so much more talent than California, it's not even funny, Rusty. When I, I look at this matchup, I honestly look at it, I'm like, Texas should win by 50. But all year long, Texas, they've they done like uh, the Ravens have done in the NFL. They just have not played well against teams that they should. So even though I think Texas should destroy them, it's a good game. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I, I know you guys will talk about this tomorrow, but I just want to bring this up because Notre Dame fans – have the Champs Sports Bowl game tomorrow with Florida State. And, you know, this Notre Dame team, uh, I- I've been impressed with this year. They don't win the games big. They've won games by close margins. And, you know, a quarterback is somebody that I covered, believe it or not, locally around the Chicago area, T- uh, Tommy Reese. And tell you the truth, he-, he has fit in quite well with this Notre Dame offense, this wildcat-type offense. And, you know something, I-, I see good things to come for this Tommy Reese, a quarterback for Notre Dame, if this program keeps going the way it's going right now.
2: Um. Well, uh, every time there's another year, there's uh, a few less Charlie White people in the on the team and a few more Brian Kelly people on the team, and that's what Brian Kelly wants. So we'll see if Brian Kelly, gets what he wants. But it's, it's, he's really turned me off about the program and stuff. That's, it's difficult for me to say that, but there's so many good players uh, on, on Notre Dame. Their middle linebacker, Monte Teal. oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best players in the country.
1: Well, I'll tell you one thing. Keep an eye on a DeVaris Daniels. He hasn't played yet, but keep an eye on him. You know him. He's the son of uh, Philip Daniels, and uh, oh, he played locally, and I've covered him too. What What a vertical jump that that kid has. And if he gets a wide receiver, once their wide receiver moves on this year, keep an eye on him hooking up with Tommy Reeves the next couple of years. Yeah, you know,
2: Michael Floyd is, uh, is a guy that could end up. Uh, right, Michael Floyd right now, the wide receiver you're talking about, is better. Than anybody on the Bears roster playing wide receiver.
1: Well, there could be anybody on the Bears roster you can put on there I, I, better. I, I mean that
2: everybody, even
1: uh-huh.
2: even Bennett, their best
1: receiver. And the thing is, the Bears can't get him. That's the tough part when you're looking at draft wise. <laughs> Unless they can come up with some sort of trade somewhere, they're not going to get him because you know he'll go high. Probably top five. The Bears
2: going to be picking around fifteen. There's definite chance he'll be around us and be there at fifteen. And I don't even know if I'd want the Bears to take him at 15 because there's going to be some good players, Rusty. But we'll have plenty of talk, time to talk about uh, the the Bears roster. I was just throwing out that Michael Floyd really is a is a good receiver. He is. You know, uh, the Florida State-Notre Dame matchup, You know, if at the beginning of the year somebody told us what's was going to happen, we'd been really, really excited. Now it ended up being two teams that kind of had a disappointing year. But let's face it, either, if you win this game, you you springboard in the next year for either program because both programs were supposed to be really good in 2012, not this year. So
1: I still think
2: it's a big game. It's a real big game.
1: I still think Notre Dame eight and four was a good season this year.
2: I, I totally do. I totally do. But if you looked at what Brian Kelly was doing, everybody was thinking, "Wow, you know, it's by the, all his players will be juniors in 2012, and that'll be the year that they're they're actually good." So and White had that really good recruiting year his last year. So, uh, like the, the kid, uh, the kid J J T Watt from Glenbard West and Teo will all be seniors. But Tao's going; he is going to go to the pros. There's no way he's staying and playing for Kelly his, mm-hmm. this year. I, hey, I
1: You know, I, I do want to mention if we can about Big Ten basketball. College basketball began last night, and if oh, you might have caught, yeah. oh. you know, if you caught that crazy game that was between Minnesota and the Illini. I mean, in all rights. You know, the Illini should have walked away with this game in regulation. Minnesota fought back from double-digit points, tied the game up, pushed them into a one overtime, even two overtimes, before the Illini pulled out that game last night. And maybe it's a wake-up call for the Illini. Who knows?
2: I hope it's a wake-up call for the Illini. But I want to tell you something. Last year, Illinois had all the experience. The Smiths, the McCameys, and all those guys. And they, did, they had no heart, Rusty. They, had, they lacked courage and heart. Yesterday, Myers Leonard made a horrible turnover that cost Illinois the regulation, and it had to go to overtime. You know, last year, those players would have just dropped their head, oh, we lost. Myers Leonard went out and dominated the two overtimes. Like, you know, he was like, I'm not going to be the GOAT. You know, you have options. When you fall down, you have options. You either stay down there and just admit defeat, or you get up and you do something about it. I was really proud of the line I last night because, they gave the game away, but they didn't give up after they gave the game away, and they actually, they grabbed it back from Minnesota. So that was a great game to watch.
1: Also, Wisconsin beat Nebraska easily 64-40, to and Notre Dame-Irish won their big East opener. I can't believe it, knocking off Pittsburgh. I was shocked with that.
2: Every year, I we shocked by how good Notre Dame basketball is. It doesn't like every year we we're like, wow, they're a lot better than we thought they were going to be.
1: Yeah, well, the Big East is strong, we know that, but Notre Dame, can they stay with the big boys in that Big East?
2: No, it's going to happen, they're going to end up, you know, they'll be 10 and 8, or yeah, they're playing 18 games this year in Mm
1: -hmm. that conference. Hey, before we run away, I don't know if you heard about this, that uh, Louisville coach Rick Paterno says he's going to retire, not not to 2017. Yeah, come on, Yeah, we need to hear that. I had to bring it up, I wanted your response, you know that.
2: <laughs> in six years, I'm retiring in six years. He's not going to live six more years. I'm not sure. That that's mean. I can't believe I said that. But if you look at him, it doesn't look good. Why would he come out and say that? Does that make any sense?
1: Well, he's 59. In six years, he'll be 65. Won't you retire at 65? That's common sense.
2: Well, he looks really bad for 59 because I thought he was like 70. He looks horrible. But, I mean, what, what, what behooved him? Why would he decide to, hey, I'm going to retire in six years? To come on and say that for
1: Social Security.
2: <laughs> That's the I'm easy not, way to put it. I'm just trying to. Here's what I'm thinking is, is he never going to mention it again? Okay. And so, like, when he's recruiting in five years, okay, and a, a guy comes and Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go to Louisville Coach. That sounds great. And then he leaves, and people are like, Hey, why did you leave? And he said, Back in 2011. I said I was going to retire in 2017.
1: Uh, I don't know, but I know one thing we got to run out of here. Joel, I hope okay, you don't mind. We were,
2: No, we ran
1: out of time, too, which I can appreciate. All right. So long, everybody. Rusty Silver and Big Joel.